Welcome to the Urban Wine Club podcast. Pour a glass, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us here at Urban Wine Club. We have a very interesting topic today. I actually asked Foti a question and we kind of got into a conversation which led to this topic, uh, which I think a lot of people out there will find very interesting. Let me turn it over to the man himself, Foti Stamos. What's up, Foti? Ari, how are you? How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. And, you know, this is definitely something we need to touch on because it is um, an important part of making decisions when it's time to choose wine. Well, so you know, me- I, it's, it's, it's a little, it's weird for me because I know I should be looking at this, but, All right. but I, I get confused because I don't know what it means. So it's, it, tell everybody what we're well, going to talk about. Well, let me ask you, we're talking about wine scores. So let me ask you, Ari. How often do you purchase wine based on, or not purchase wine based on a wine score if it's signified? Very rarely. If I'm like really stuck between two bottles and I don't know which one to get, if one of them has a score and it's like a good score, then I'll be like, all right, I guess I'll lean that way. But it really doesn't affect me because, again, I know technically it's supposed to mean something and it's supposed to be good, but I don't know much about it. So it it doesn't really affect me that much. Next question for you. Have you purchased a bottle of wine with a high score only to be disappointed when you drank it? Oh yes. Many times. Well, that's, that's exactly what we want to touch on where we've get, we've gotten tons of emails and we've got tons of responses, interactions where those that have purchased wines with high scores can't understand why they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. How can I not like it if it has a high score? Well, that's what we got to break down. So wine scores, Ari, um, a, were basically something that was developed many years ago um, as a signifier of the quality of the wine in its respected category. So we don't want to get too technical because we don't want to lose the, uh, you know, the whole meaning of the scores. But in essence, scores were out there pretty much to actually signify that in its respected category, quality-wise, production-wise, it scores high. It doesn't mean because it has a high score that you're going to fall in love with it. Yeah, okay. So first and foremost, I would be looking for my chosen wine. And within that, the score could potentially tell me some sort of quality of this wine. But it's not like, uh, you know, I don't, if I don't drink like, a cab and this cab has a high score. It doesn't mean I'm going to like it just because it has a high score. I have to first, I have to be looking for a cab. And then if a cab has a high score, it means that it's a, it's a good quality. Correct. Um, Yes. It was produced with high quality and depending on the requirements of that specific category, it met those or went above and beyond those expectations. Okay. So, I mean, the score is not going to do anything for taste. No. And you know, there's many critics out there and there's plenty of authorities who are, you know, judging wine. Some of the bigger and biggest um, authorities in the wine industry is Wine Spectator. Uh-huh. You know, they seem to be um, at the top. Robert Parker, uh, let's talk quickly about Robert Parker. It's actually Robert Parker who, back in the late 70s, who was an attorney, um, came up with this scoring system for wines. Oh, and 
what he was doing was he was tasting wines, reviewing wines, and then he would give them scores on a scale of to up to a hundred. But the scale started at fifty. Ah, okay. Zero. So what he's what he's basically saying is that you know wines that are that are in the fifty range are unacceptable wines because quality was low. Then That's basically like scoring like a zero on a test, right? Sixties and seventies were mediocre. Eighties were um, above average. 90s or um, great wines and anything like above a 95 to 100 was exceptional, right? So that system caught on. And, you know, at some point in time, uh, a lot of consumers who were trying to get into wine were using the scale system, this points, the scoring system to make their decisions. And as much as it was a, a great way to, you know, judge the quality of wines, uh, there was nothing else. As from a consumer standpoint, like how do you know or what, you know, what can you use as a, as a tool? So it kind of became the standard based on the fact that there's just nothing else out there? Yes. And again, wine is subjective all around. Um, wine is very complex and confusing in, for many reasons. And um, there's a lot of, unfortunately, you know, scoring systems that are very biased for different reasons. We're not going to get into that. But um, some of the authorities, as I mentioned, Wine Spectator, Robert Parker, you have Wine and Spirits, Decanter, and so forth, that provide scoring, a scoring system for wines. And there's plenty of uh, wine bloggers, wine writers. Um, you've got publications like that are credible pl- publications, like um, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, um, the San Francisco uh, Chronicle, and so forth that actually do review wines and it's helpful. It definitely is helpful. But when you're in a retail shop shopping for wine and you're going to see often enough wines that are labeled or have either shelf talker or some kind of a labeling system that actually um, announces the score of the wine that it received, just beware that it's basically telling you that this wine scored high because it really um, met the or exceeded the expectations of the critic. Do they use that as a kind of marketing gimmick? I mean, why do some wines have it and some wines don't? One hundred percent. Well, there, there are there are wineries and producers that don't believe in it, and that's okay too. Um, there are definitely plenty of producers who you know are very proud of what they make and know and and are confident that they're producing wine of high caliber that they don't need the rating system. But that's fine and dandy. But for the masses, it's a tool that can help them make a choice of choosing a wine of higher quality. And again, you don't drink Chardonnay, right? But I'm just saying hypothetically. But let's say you're perusing the the aisles and there's a bottle of wine that catches your eye and it has a fancy label and it has a, a a nice, you know, whether it's a shelf talker, a starburst that's like, you know, promoting the fact that it got a high score, you might purchase that based on that, take it home, pour a glass and say, maybe I might like Chardonnay because it's got a high score, only to sip it and say, no, I still don't like Chardonnay. So to me, it doesn't seem like the score would help me if I'm not a fan of the category I'm in. But let's say, let's reverse this. Let's say that you're a Chardonnay fanatic. You're a Chardonnay freak. And that's all you drink all the time. I'm a Chardonnay. A Chardonnay. <laughs> and let's say, and let's say that you're in, uh, you know, you're in a wine shop, 
and that you're in the Chardonnay section and there's a bunch of Chardonnays that look cool and, and interesting. And there's some that have like really cool scores. Then you're as a Chardonnay drinker, you might decide to choose a Chardonnay that was recently released with a high score. And you're going to try it because you're intrigued now. Like I'm a Chardonnay drinker. What makes this Chardonnay score so high? So then you take it home and you find it interesting and can understand why it scored high. But again, it, 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 for you and for me, it might be different. But let me ask you to, to kind of look at it from my point of view. The scoring system is not doing anything for taste. It's not. It's doing everything for how it's made, like the quality, the... Right. It's, it's creating awareness um, to the average consumer that this bottle scored high because it met expectations of quality. And okay. Okay. So, so the taste is, is really not much to do. So if there's a high scoring wine that's within the category you like, it may be great. Uh, not necessarily something you'll like um, if you're looking for that kind of thing. But if you're like a casual drinker that just wants to take a bottle home and enjoy, right? the score system is not necessarily going to help you that much. No, uh, Wine Spectator did a great job marketing that approach where, um, you know, a lot of folks, b- believe it or not, a lot of consumers um, who are, you know, getting or are into wine would actually wait for the scores that were released by Wine Spectator every year to make their purchase right so they've done a great job you know creating that that um that approach um robert parker again who is a highly highly respected authority in the wine industry his scores are super respected because of his palate and, and again it all comes down to his opinion how about how about we release a scoring system based on taste how about we, we release a scoring system based on how much fun we have with these wines. Any wine we sell you is going to score 100. Well, you know, there, there are other um, authorities that, that have a different scoring system who have developed followers that... Well, I was going to say, take like the take like the four, what is it, three, four uh, descriptions of wine. Like, is it is it bold or is it... Uh, what is it, bold or soft? Oh, bold or light. Or... Bold or light, uh, yeah. tannic or soft. Uh, well, well, dry gonna, or sweet, acidic or whatever. What are, what are those? Well, that's a great point you bring up, and we can definitely work on creating our own uh, system of rating wines for those of that love what we're doing that actually help them make decisions that they're going to enjoy. Well, everything I've been purchasing lately, I'd say over the aside from what I get from you, if I go, if I actually go to a store and I'm buying. I look for, is this like on the bold side? Is this on the tannic side? Is this on the dry side? Is this on the acidic side? Because I like my wine to sway into the tannic, into the acidic, into the dry. So I always look for that. But if there was like a, a four score so, system that says the bold is 90, the, the tannic is 95. The So you're saying that you're a wine swing. <laughs> I swing, baby. <laughs> so... Yes, I mean, definitely. And that's why you're going to notice, too, um, a lot of um, labels lately, and I'm going to see, we're going to see more of this, are, are, uh, are actually labeling their labels with descriptors <laughs> that actually make it precise on what you're having. And they're getting creative, and it, it makes it really easy for just anybody to understand what they're about to drink, which is cool because, you know, we've come a long way. It's been, it's been you know, asked by consumers 
you know, help us understand the wine better so we can make decisions that are going to actually uh, make us enjoy it better. Um, wine is so complex. Again, there's so many variations. It's this sort of speak. There's no right or wrong. It depends who the consumer is. Yeah. And, who and so, so let me, let me say this on behalf of the wine layman like myself. So I learned enough to know now, like what those traits are that I like, mm. you know, I used to like a very smooth, fruity, like wine that was like smooth. And now I'm like the polar opposite. I want a wine when I take a sip, it like kicks me in the mouth. And I, I, I have to have that. If I don't have that, there's no go. Okay. So I learned that there's a certain combination of boldness, tannicness, acidity, and, and dryness that I like. Yeah. So I use an app. Uh, and now like that app will, will rate each. Uh, and this is done by users, I think. Um, Are we talking about the Vivino? Vivino. Yes. Yeah. So it's all user generated information. Well, there you go. So, so whatever the case is, it helps me because score or no score, I'm not buying based on that. Right. But if I want, if I'm in the mood for like a cab and I see one that's on the tannic side, I see one that's on the dry side, I see one that's on the acidic side, I know that's what I'm going to buy. Score right. or no score. Score or no score, which is, which is showing you the evolution of, um, of the way that wines are being actually funneled into different communities. So there's a lot of wine communities where members now are recommending wine for each other. And like you just mentioned, Vivino is a huge, has a huge wine community where actual individuals, not critics, actual everyday people are referring wines that they've been, they've enjoyed and using their personal experiences of why you should try it. Well, I mean, Honestly, like the fact that I could snap a picture of a label and instantly get a readout is, is very useful. To, uh, I, I don't know if it's to a professional, if it's gimmicky or whatever, but to somebody who's not like a wine expert like myself, I feel like it kind of helps again, me. We're, we're the, I'll go back to this. Wine is super subjective. So what a professional and authority claims that this is the best wine, you could take a sip of it and you might gag. I'm just saying that's the way it is. But what we want to do is we want to actually let people know that um, just awareness, be aware that the scoring system is there for certain reasons. And again, it doesn't mean that you're going to actually have a better experience or you're going to like it, but it kind of gives you an idea of the fact that these wines are being presented to you with a high score because they were rated by an authority that feels that they are meeting expectations of quality. All right. I mean, that's fair. That's fair enough. Uh, I, 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 like I said, I think it's useful in certain ways. And if I'm completely stuck on two and one has like this high rating, I'll probably go with that one. Why not? Most likely. Right. Yes. So interesting. I, I've, I've always known that the scoring system was something that means something, but it, you know, it never really affected. Right. You know, it, ha it was really um, the, the only tool for a while, but now that we've become more evolved drinkers in this market, uh, now that we have access to unlimited information online, now that there's a ton of apps that are actually out there that you can use to help you make a better decision, the scoring system is not as uh, in demand as it once used. You know, we should totally have a section on the Urban Wine Club app based on um, uh, needs and, and desires and recommendations. Like what people are looking for, what they like, and then recommendations based on. Gotcha. We got to do that. 
Well, well, let's start. Uh, let's go back to the drawing board and come up with some ideas. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that, all right. very interesting because, again, it was one of those things you see all the time, but I never really thought much about it. Um, I, I, I see where it's useful and where it's, it's I don't want to say necessity, but where it's something of value. Um, you know, actually, now that you mention it, you want to know where uh, the scoring system affected me the most? Where? Buying wine as a gift. Oh. I realized that I, if I'm buying a wine as a gift, I looked at the wines with the high scores more so than anything else. When I'm looking for myself, I'm looking specifically for certain traits. But when I'm buying for somebody else, I'm not looking for those traits, but I'm like high score wine. They're going to like this. That's a very good point you just brought up, Ari. That Well, that's something that definitely now we should make it clear that, yes, you know, how often now do you um you know factor in or or value the score when it comes to buying it as a gift yeah i yeah. me personally i value the score a lot more when i'm buying as a gift ah. because you know if you're bringing a bottle of wine to a friend's house and it has a, like a 95 plus rating it's like whoa you got us a nice bottle of wine buddy thank you or just make uh, just let you know that ari just didn't put much effort chose the one with the yeah. Well, I mean, that's exactly how I want to do my shopping. Like, I don't want to think for three hours to get a bottle of wine. Give me a high-rated wine. I'm buying it. So marketing at its best right there. There you go. (laughs) So we're drinking. We're going to be drinking more wines of high rating from this point on. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, We'll be drinking more wine. That's for sure. Yes. But, uh, uh, again, it's, it's, it's useful information. I think a lot of people out there probably take it for granted like I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're into that marketing side of it, you, you want to know you're buying a quality wine. Yeah. Use that score system. But if you're looking for a wine that you're going to like, that you're going to enjoy, you're going to go home and you're going to crack a bottle and, and sit down and relax and enjoy it. Make sure that the traits are there. And if it also has a good rating, more power to you. But, but don't base it off just the rating in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And I think with us at the urban wine club, uh, the fact that we love to source interesting, cool wines who have great stories by producers that actually go above and beyond what they're doing. Be assured that if their wines were rated or going to be rated, they would score pretty high. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. From all the backstory, from all these wines and the, the what that goes into it and the, 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 the efforts and the qualities and the sustainabilities and like all this like really cool stuff that we're really into. I guarantee you. Actually, maybe we could do a scoring system based on sustainability, oh. biodynamicness, naturalness, organicness. Are you saying that we're going to come up with a green scale? I think we should, dude. I think we should come up with a couple of things. We'll be known as those guys that came up with that thing, and they'll be talking about us like, it's kind of useless, but, you know, people like it. We could be those cool. guys. Edit but- this out so that no one takes this idea. Oh, seriously, I know. Now we're going to lose it. <laughs> Patent pending, people. <laughs> well, Ari, I think uh, we just stop while we're ahead so we can leave some. Oh, before I spill the beans <laughs> on more ideas? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Foti. The knowledge you bring is always welcome and always entertaining and always interesting. Thanks, everybody out there, for watching, uh, listening, and download the app. Uh, shop for wines. Uh, we got really good ones. Send us messages. You Send got us messages. messages. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. And we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.